I don't even listen to his podcast, huh? Dude, it's educational. And besides, I've been wanting to listen to this one. Welcome to Idling in the Impala, a podcast by and for lovers of Supernatural and the fan fiction it inspires. Before we begin, just want to remind you to like, subscribe, follow wherever you listen to us so you don't miss any episodes or bonus stuff that we do. I'm Sandra. I'm Carly. And it's episode three, y'all. It's episode three. Fact versus fiction. Fact versus fiction. Uh, there's a tagline that goes along with this. I wasn't prepared. Sorry. Fact versus fiction. Dispelling some of the more common myths and incorrect fanfic tropes. So we've covered. I guess maybe the basics of anal sex and, um, you know, be liberal with your lube. We've covered that. We've covered um, Sandra's request. Uh, we've opened the floodgates, squirting, female ejaculation and all that good stuff. So we are back in territory that Carly is slightly more comfortable with this week. This week, it is uh, SSC versus Rack. And I appreciate that on the basis of that, you might not know what any of that means. So BDSM is huge. It's enormous, and I there are not enough facts versus fictions in the world for me to go through every single bit of BDS stuff. But these are important, and I see them quite a lot in fic. I use them myself in fic. So we figured, you know, let's explore this one particular section of BDSM. What it means, you know, safety, blah, 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 blah. All that good stuff. So... Disclaimers before we begin. Disclaimer the first. I am by no means an expert in BDSM. Not like not even close, okay? I'm just a mortal who knows some stuff, okay? I've done some stuff, read some stuff, I know some stuff. I just know a little bit, right? Enough to be dangerous, I think would be a good way to put it. <laughs> so I'm not an expert. Please don't take anything that is said as, you know, solid facts. Do your own research before delving into the world of kink any kink, however light and fluffy that might be. Do your own research. Be safe, be sane, and for the love of God, make sure things are consensual. Okay? Disclaimer the first. Disclaimer the second. I'm also not a sex expert. Good Lord, this episode is great for my self-esteem. I'm not any of these things, guys. I'm not a sex expert. Despite repeated attempts to pass the exams, you keep telling me no. This episode is for entertainment and fictional writing purposes only, and it is not intended to replace actual medical advice. If you have concerns about your intimate health, please see a medical professional. Please don't take anything. If I say something in any fact versus fiction episode, don't be like, well, Carly said it, so it's probably fine. Check with a doctor, y'all. I'm not an expert, all right? I know enough to be dangerous. That's it. I suppose if we're going to start, we should probably start with what is BDSM. If you know, that's great. Skip ahead. If you don't, settle down. I'll bring you through the basics. So BDSM, it's it's weirdly, it's an acronym that has acronyms within it. So you can separate it into BD, which is bondage and discipline, DS, which is dominant and submissive, and SM, which is sadomasochism or sadism and masochism. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I don't have to explain any of those words. Google it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just a catch-all phrase for anything outside of vanilla sex and then i suppose that leads you on to the question of well what is vanilla sex what would you classify as vanilla versus king and that's a whole different story okay you draw your own life <laughs> what i consider vanilla sandra might consider really kinky let's not get into it mm -hmm. draw your own lines pulled directly from wikipedia link 
in the Google Doc that will accompany this episode. BDSM is a variety of often erotic practices because you can have BDSM that's totally platonic. Practices of role-playing involving bondage, discipline, dominance, and submission, and sadomasochism. And all of those words and links to the related Wikipedia articles live. Well. Guys, good this episode. <laughs> so good. So many links and shit. I'm not here to get into all the different parts of BDSM. As I said, we'd be here to like next Christmas, like Christmas 2025. It would be like a just enormous, guys. Enormous. <laughs> but specifically, SSC and RAC. These are the ones that you see tagged most often in fix. Leading on to our next question. Again, this is one of Kylie's wonderful Google documents that flows in a pattern because otherwise my brain goes funny. <laughs> what is SSC and RAC? The best, easiest way to explain them would be that they are codes of behavior or conduct. They are not sexual acts. They are not like specific scenes or specific kinks or anything, they are the foundations upon which you would build everything from. They are just simple acronyms and they very loosely define a scene, how a scene should play out before you start adding in participants and like, you know, scene like a role play or sexual acts or anything like that. This is the bedrock that you would start building from and they cover the same kind of things but in different ways we'll start with the first one ssc and i've deliberately not told you what it stands for yay <laughs> ssd it stands for safe sane and consensual this is the most well-known one this is if you're kind of if you're new to kink if you're just starting to like have a have a look around google you know see what's out there see what's happening maybe you've got half an idea of something that might interest you this is the thing that you're going to see first and most often most common it is the first kind of code of behavior or conduct that was ever sort of put down into words and it was coined in the 80s but there are wikipedia links and things like that that, dis that describe it as well but it was it was in the 80s I think it might have been like a bar or something. And basically they coined like this this place, this venue, as a place for gay men who wanted to engage in SM in a safe, sane, consensual way. That was the first place to ever kind of like put it down into words, you know, this is what we're about here. So let's break it down. Safe. This means in this particular acronym, all the acts within the scene are safe to all participants now on the surface of it that seems pretty reasonable right but we'll get into why that's maybe not as reasonable as it first appears and as times change that meaning has shifted as well so some people will use ssc to mean safe as in none of the sex acts within the scene are inherently dangerous to any person and some people use it to mean that the participants within the scene feel safe with each other, even if the acts themselves are not, strictly speaking, safe, in big quote marks. But that's the first bit. Second bit, saying. All participants are sound of mind and in a state to consent. That's kind of gatekeeper but 
if you're playing with King, and especially the more advanced kind of scenes and acts and things that you can get into, you need to be in a, in a stable state of mind. So that's not to say that people with, for example, mental health issues shouldn't participate in, you know, shouldn't be a part of the King community, shouldn't be able to participate in scenes. They have to be stable. You can, you couldn't, it would be unethical to scene with someone who, let's say, had schizophrenia and was in a manic state. You know, they might seem really enthusiastic and they might be telling you that everything's fine, but it would be unethical because they are not in a stable state of mind at that moment. Mm. Extrapolating out from that, it means that nobody's under the influence of any mind altering substances. So nobody is drunk, nobody's high. No drugs, no alcohol, nothing like that. Everybody is sober and stable and sane. Again, it looks fine on the surface, but if you dig a little bit deeper, you, you will start to see the kind of issues that come up with that. And the third part of it, consensual. So everybody gives consent. And that's, you would think that would come as a given, but kinky is not that black and white, is it? So there are acts. You can consent to doing acts that you don't like. You know, consensual non-consent is a thing. Within SSC, that kind of consensual means that nobody's going to do anything that the other person doesn't like, even in the context of a role play or a scene. You know, this is, we're talking very basic, your first steps into kink here. So as much as saying negates people who are under the influence of any mind-altering substances, so does consensual. People under the influence cannot consent fully. You know, if we're taking this model, that is what that means. So we've all seen those, you know, drunk people can't give consent, things like that, date rape, da 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 That is the kind of meaning that we're implying here. If you are under the influence, cannot give consent. Another thing to bear in mind is power imbalances also negate consent. So a boss and an employee could not perform a scene that would be classed as safe, safe, consensual because there's an inherent power imbalance there. Student and teachers, anything where somebody is in a position of authority above another person. And unfortunately, certain types of age gap relationships can fall under that as well. There's nothing wrong with age gap relationships. There is a problem with power gap relationships. And that would fall under this model as well. You have mm. to be on an equal footing to be able to give consent. So SSC is, it's, it's a constant cycle. You know, if you're not saying you can't give consent, if you can't give consent, it's not safe. If it's not safe, it's not safe. And the cycle goes round and round. So I've just dumped a whole lot of information on there, on you there. Sandra, do you have any questions? Just um, give me a chance to breathe. <clears throat> Like just taking it all in, like you said, it does, it becomes this cycle where if not one thing, then another, then another, I, I just think it makes it very responsible um, mm -hmm. for every partner that's involved in the situation. It just takes a lot of preparation and investment in what's mm -hmm. going on. And I think... That could be something that some people just aren't maybe even emotionally mature enough to consider before getting involved in something like this. Like I, I, I just, I, I know you 
you know, and many others and myself included, like the one thing that keeps coming to my mind that kind of got just thrown at people as that's what, you know, they could see as an example is, is 50 shades. And that's not, you know, the best example, but the only thing I could think of that I pulled out of that was like the contract part of it where it seems like there would, there would need to be a lot of discussion, you know, Mm -hmm. in advance. And that I think could be I mean, if you're interested in doing it a bit much, but then I also feel when you talk about safe and consensual and all that, and I said, I know you said, you know, we'll, we'll get more into it in another time, but the wanting to please your partner and maybe thinking, you know, something safe enough or you're consenting and then you get into a situation where this was not what I expected. So it's almost like how, how knowledgeable mm-hmm. do you need to be? in preparation for something like that. And I think that could, somebody's people pleasing, I think could maybe overshadow them saying they're ready for something that they aren't. And then that would be the responsibility of the other partner to know mm-hmm. Yeah, we need to take, that- we need to take a break, you know, or this is not a thing. Yeah. That we should be. Yeah. Right now. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of, that that like even that kind of thing falling under people pleasing and things like that that mm-hmm. that falls under you know sane and mm-hmm. just basic safety methods that you take the way the way I would liken this to is it's a seatbelt in a car okay you should always if you do nothing else you should always abide by not not abide by these are not like cast iron you know the rules but these should always be in your mind if you're gonna you know seen with somebody if you're gonna be in you know if you're gonna put yourself in a situation where you're gonna be playing with kings and you're gonna be in a scene with somebody these should be in the back of your mind it's your seatbelt in the car and you can as you learn to drive you can learn to do increasingly dangerous stunts with the car but you should always have your seatbelt on. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. This is very, this is like, this is stone one, if you want to use a supernatural reference. This is where you should start. Once you've got a feel for this, this is when you would start to move into maybe heavier kink, more intense things. But this is where you've got to start, you know? Mm-hmm. If you reach out to your, you know, sort of your local BDSM community and you express interest in in wanting to learn how to sub or learn how to how to dominate, or you know, you you want to learn how to use a piece of equipment or something like that, these are the rules that you and your partner, whether they're training you, whether they're gonna sub for you, whether they're gonna be your dom, whatever, you should be playing within these rules. Okay. This is like step one. Once you've mastered this, you can move on to different places. But if you are new, this is what you should be focusing on. So what happens to all the people that have, unfortunately, maybe not gotten the best education in this and then they, you know, meet another partner? Like, I mean, is it just a matter of relearning or establishing? Because I could see a lot of people thinking they know what they're doing and they don't. And then, I don't know, just, you know, having to relearn it you know to be quite frank somebody who has not learned how to see 
carefully and appropriately. I would, and then goes on to seeing with other people, I would call that person abusive because mm. that's what it is. If you're not playing within a set of rules, and it doesn't have to be SSC, you can make you can make your own rules within the spirit of things. But if you're not playing within the rules, whatever those may be, that is abuse. You are not, you know, if everybody in the scene does not know and cannot put a stop to things if they are uncomfortable, you're just beating somebody up. It's that simple. If one participant does not have either the knowledge or the ability to say, no, stop, I don't want this anymore, then that is not a consensual exchange of power. That's abuse. That's assault. That's, you know, injuring somebody. Mm. So I would... I personally would always be wary of someone who claims to be, I don't want to generalize, but it's usually guys who claim to be doms. And then when you probe a little bit further, they have no concept of a traffic light system or a safe word. And they don't know that in most scenes, all scenes, I would say, the submissive has the power because they are letting you do whatever you are doing to them, they are allowing it. They can stop it at any time and they are allowing you to come to you. They hold the power of the seat. Anybody who does not recognize and acknowledge that, that's not somebody the community would claim, in my opinion. Mm. I would be wary. I Yeah, I guess I'm just thinking you too of like somebody from like maybe a sub perspective who maybe has been, I don't know, like abused or taken advantage of or, or something like that. And then, you know, how would a how would a responsible dom work on would would somebody take that responsibility to kind of help them through Mm. it again you know like my kind of that's just my thinking of it too when i was thinking about that because like somebody who's possibly you know who's been abused or you know that that sort of i mean but i guess it just goes into other whole relationship scenarios of trust and things like that but yeah i was just i was just thinking about that yeah yeah this is as much as as much as mainstream media doesn't want to do anything but paint the BDSM slash kink community in horrific lights and, you know, glorify, God, things like Fifty Shades, a relationship between a sub and a dom is as intense and emotional and truly valid as any other relationship, be that romantic or platonic. You know, it's it's just another form of relationship. So mm-hmm. would there be a dom out there that would meet a sub who has had a whole heap of really bad experiences and still be willing to, you know, form a relationship with them, you know, take them right back to stone one and show mm-hmm. them how it's supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because mm-hmm. there are a thousand million people out there that would form, meet somebody who has been abused in any other type of relationship and be willing to engage with them in a relationship and, and, you know, work with them to see how it should be. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was kind of getting at too. It's like, you know, just any other type of, you know, whatever you're trying to build yourself back from in any situation relationship wise, or there has to be another person that's willing to, I just didn't know, like, you know, if that would scare, you know what I mean? Like certain, just like in other types of relationships, sometimes that's a scary proposition because you don't know, you know, you don't know what mm-hmm. you're going to encounter 
yeah during a scene or during a moment and you know then you kind of have to reset and all those kinds of things so yeah okay yeah so that's all that's how my that's where my brain was going with that yeah that's fine that's fine no that's what's what we're here for (laughs) education sex education with power so on the surface of ssc safe sane and consensual it looks good right it's reasonable you know all all, all the rules make sense Every, everybody's going to be safe and it's it's fine but when you actually look at it properly it's pretty ambiguous so what is safe and sane to me sandra might may view as utter insanity and you know potential death it's not there's not just one you can't categorize things as this is this level of safe this is this level of safe this is you know it's different for every single purpose. There are things that I would be comfortable with that like, for example, my husband, my life partner of almost 12 years is vastly uncomfortable with and as such, we do not engage with because he's not comfortable. So we don't do it, you know? Mm-mm. It's it's ambiguous. There's no, you cannot categorize things as safe and unsafe. And if you were to attempt to, what is safe, really? Nothing in life is truly safe. I'm on my computer on Zoom with Sandra now. I could get an electric shock. I could fall out of my chair and break a limb. You know, anything can happen. Nothing in life is inherently safe. Mm-hmm. If we just look at sex, you can get injured in regular missionary vanilla pull me nighty down when you're done sex. That probably went right over your head, didn't it? No, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a really British phrase. And I was like, oh, whoops, that might have gone. Yeah. You know, no, I, I got abs- it. <laughs> absolute, you know, old timey sex, you know, mm. feet over your head. You can still get injured. You know, there is the propensity for injury in, I don't want to keep saying normal, but vanilla, socially acceptable sex, you know? And that's before you've even got out a bit of rope or a handcuff or anything else. Mm-hmm. It's everything has an inherent level of danger. So if you were going to play exclusively within the rules of SSC, well, you'd never do anything because everything has an inherent level of danger. Mm-hmm. So SSC is a great place to start. But after it come about and people in the kink community were kind of adjusting to this, you know, there were people saying exactly what I've just said. Well, nothing is safe. How do you categorize something that is safe? That leads us on to the next step, which is rack. And this is also a code of behavior, just like SSC. And this one was coined in the kind of like the late 90s when, you know, the kink community was, was really well established and things. And people were starting to say, well, nothing, nothing is inherently safe. You have to take personal responsibility for what you're doing. And they coined the term risk-aware consensual kink. Right. It's great. It's a nice little acronym. I like it. It sounds, though, it sounds a bit, a bit more intimidating than safe, sane, and consensual, doesn't it? So risk-aware, R-A. Everybody in the scene, and I keep saying everybody in participants because not every scene is one dom and one sub. You know, you can have multiple participants in a scene. So I'm never just going to be like one and one person. But risk aware, everybody is aware that whatever is going to happen in this scene may not be entirely safe. 
but everybody is aware of it. Now, that sounds really dramatic, but I would like you to bear in mind, you can cause nerve damage if you tie somebody up incorrectly. You know, candle wax can cause bad burns if you're not using the right kind of wax, if you're not aware of how to do wax play properly, things like that. Impact play can be so dangerous. You know, let's say, for example, you have a whip and you are whipping someone's back. Just one little, like, off adjustment of the wrist and you can hit somebody's kidneys. And that is so dangerous. Risk aware doesn't necessarily mean that the the sub or, you know, someone in the scene is going to be beaten bloody and unconscious. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, that's not, that's not the impression that I want to give you if you're playing within a rack set of rules that everybody's going to walk away limping and bleeding. That's not. It's just a personal awareness that inherently these things that we are doing because we enjoy them are not necessarily safe. So C, consensual. It's the same thing as it means in SSC. Everybody is consensual. It's fine. Kink. Doesn't mean anything. It just rounds it off nicely, does it? <laughs> it just makes it a nice little anachronism. <laughs> I think I suspect because there is there is some kind of crossover between, especially rack within kink, like sex kind of space, but also within extreme sports. Which also, if you think about it, holds the same entire in similar kind of rules. You know, scaling a mountain with boots and bare hands is not ever going to be safe mm-hmm. if you are risk aware and you're going to do it anyway yeah you bring your buddies along to scale that mountain well everybody needs to consent to scaling that mountain and being aware that there is inherent risk involved yeah. so there's a lot of overlap so kink is just like this bit's for sex it, 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 it do round it off quite nicely i'm a huge fan so I was doing research for this and I have a list of links at the bottom of the Google Doc. But one thing I was I found when I was looking at it, and it's from a website called submissiveguide.com. And the difference between these two terms is this is a direct quote from the website. The difference between the two terms is even more clear when the spirit of them is applied in the public scene. So when watching a scene that may involve some heavy risk, you might hear the person next to you whisper to their partner. They shouldn't do that. It's unsafe. That is a dangerous dominant. That is the spirit of SSC. If you hear whispered, I wonder if he knows the risk involved in doing that. I wonder if he does this, it could be made safer. I think I'll tell him about it later after his seat. That is the spirit of Rack. So it's Rack is much, much more focused on personal responsibility. And that you can never make something truly safe. You can only make everybody as aware as possible of the risks involved. And again, kink can be really heavy. You know, it can be bloody. It can be it can be gross, depending on your personal gross things. You know, there can be the propensity for real and serious injury that people consent to. Mm-hmm. You have to be aware. You cannot just go, everything must be safe, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why I say SSC is great when you're just starting out because it's easy to keep things safe then. You know, you're taking things slow. 
you're learning learning things at a, an appropriate pace you know you're not really playing with anything heavy duty mm-hmm. but once you feel more confident you may choose to only ever want to play within the bounds of ssc that may be your comfort level and you know it doesn't have to be ssc those are the rules but within your own personal rule set that aligns with ssc and that just may be where you're set where you feel safe and where you feel you have the best experience but people want more wherever the line is there will always be somebody that wants to push it a bit further and a bit further and a bit further and that's where rack comes in that is you can apply rack to the absolute very basics of learning how to dom or sub or you know learning how to use various implements that you might use in the scene you can apply rack to that as well but it's more i guess flexible would be the right term you know it puts more onus on the people within the scene than how you should play mm. in a kink space you know mm-hmm. so i have a handy dandy chat it's from a different website but i have this little <laughs> chat so this is from a website called kink theory 101 and there is a uh, link down in the description so they categorize ssc and rack as thusly ssc safe partners feel a mutual sense of safety when engaging in a kink with one another so that comes back to what i said earlier on the terminology is evolving. It's that you feel safe with your partner more than the acts are safe. You know? Mm-hmm. Sane. Partners mutually agree on what sane means for them. Consensual. Partners mutually consent to engaging in the kinky activity. I'm just going to go back to that because I'm about to go through the rack section of that handy-dandy guide. Another thing that rack opens the doors to is playing under the influence. So if SSC says you cannot be sane and consenting if you are under the influence, Rack says, as long as you are aware of the dangers, go forth. Some people enjoy playing while drugged, while high, while drunk, you know, any variation thereof. Somnophilia is a really common kink, which is, um, I'm trying to think if it comes from the, the sleeping partner of the awake partner. Somnophilia is um, sexual arousal from a sleeping partner. So it can be the sleeping partner that is aroused by someone having sex with them while they are sleeping, or it can be the awake partner who is aroused by having sex with someone who does not know. Or you can have consensual somnophilia, and you can have non-consensual somnophilia. But some people take drugs to achieve that kind of unconscious state. So, mm-hmm. rack expands it's flexible for that that kind of thing so back to the kink theory handy dandy chat rack risk aware partners have an equal knowledge and understanding of the risks involved in the activity consensual partners mutually consent to engaging in the kinky activity and kink i just drowse it off nice no i'm kidding not every kinky activity is safe and sane acknowledging this risk is critical to this approach so you know again it's very much personal responsibility so if we if we go back to my car metaphor for example which is pretty clumsy i'll admit when you first start to learn to drive a car put your seatbelt on and you have a person next to you and you you learn to drive the car 
in a way that keeps you safe. You know, the car mm-hmm. is your safety net. You're inside the car and it's safe. And you don't handle the car in a way that is dangerous. Mm-hmm. You put your seatbelt on. When you're done with that and you've learned to drive, maybe you want to learn to drive, I don't know, big trucks or rally cars or Formula One, whatever. You are aware now that you are going to be doing more dangerous things with the car and it is now your responsibility to keep you safe. You cannot rely on your instructor or the car itself. You have to take the actions to keep yourself safe. Mm. Does my analogy make sense of it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm also thinking of if you've got somebody else in the car with you and they're like, okay, well, we're going to go, you know, we'll go drag race. You ready to go? <laughs> the person's like, no. I was like, well, then yeah. you can do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, the handy dandy guide also references prick, which is hands down the best acronym mm-hmm. for anything ever. And I'm really mad that I didn't think of it. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not as common. But basically, it's it's rack plus plus. So mm. we'll go through the handy dandy guide. Prick, PR, personal responsibility. Partners take personal responsibility for engaging in the kinky activity. Inform, partners proactively educate themselves on the risk inherent in the activity. Consensual, partners mutually consent to engaging in the kinky activity. And kink, oh, it just rounds it off nicely, doesn't it? No, I'm kidding. Not mm-hmm. every kinky activity is safe and sane. Acknowledging risk and taking full responsibility for understanding it is critical to this approach. That would apply more to kind of, I would say that would apply more to more intense scenes. So <laughs> if you get someone to, let's say, None of the examples I'm going to give are ever going to be vilifying or kink-shaming those examples. But let's say, for example, you want to be put in a full leather, uh, full latex suit, okay, with just like two note holes, okay? And you consent to this, and your partner consents to this, and you're all having a jolly nice time. And maybe for whatever reason, you feel like you can't get enough air, and you have a panic attack, and you put an end to the scene, which is perfectly reasonable. You don't then get to turn round to the other person or persons in the scene and say, it's your fault. You didn't look after me safely. You need to take the personal responsibility that you were aware that a potential struggle for oxygen could occur. And Mm -hmm. you were also aware that you could react in that way. You know, if you feel that you can't get enough air, your body may go into a panic attack. You take the responsibility for that. You don't turn around and point fingers and say, you didn't look after me safely. You go, I knew that would happen and it did. So it's kind of my fault, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. you don't, you like, you don't have to shoulder the blame for yourself. You just kind of go, I was aware that could happen. You were aware that could happen. Doesn't it suck that that happened? Maybe we'll do it differently next time, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll choose a different, like a different hood or maybe you'll keep your head open or, you know, there's various different things you could do in that situation. But that's kind of like, kick, prick is rack plus plus. You know, mm-hmm. it's everybody within a scene needs to know about the risks involved before that scene. So prick is not something you would never just have a spontaneous scene and be doing something intense enough to require a prick code of conduct. I would say, you know, it would be a pre-planned and a pre-thought out scene and you would have taken the time 
to research exactly what it is you want to do and exactly what could happen on mm. the back of that. So mm. again, a little bit more intense than RAC and certainly a lot more intense than SSC. Each person would take responsibility for their safety. So those are the three terms that I found. And as with every every time you try and categorize something and every time you try and put it within categories, there will always be people that go, oh, that's bullshit. So unfortunately, you will you potentially can encounter people within the community if you say, I prefer to play within uh, I I only participate in scenes that are SSC, and they go, Oh, you're such a insert whatever here, or I prefer to play in the scenes where rack is applicable. Oh, you're such a tryhard. You just want to be edgy. No, 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 no. You know? And so it goes on. You will always have people that will take issue with however you choose to do mm-hmm. anything in life. Aren't humans great fun, guys? They're just so fucking great, though, all the time. You will, of course, find people who don't want to abide by these rules. And, you know, that's not to say that they are bad people, but as with most, I would say, as everything within the kink community, within BDSM, you have to stick to your comfort levels. So if you want to set up a scene with somebody and you're like, I, 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 I hold to um, SSC, that is my comfort. And they go, oh, no, I don't hold to SSC, but I, like, I've got my own rules and they're like basically the same. You know, it's fine. You'll be fine. If you don't feel comfortable, don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Not everyone that disagrees with you is going to be wrong, but listen to your gut is what I would say with that. But that is, those are the three kind of codes of conduct that I have been able to find. Sandra, do you have any questions? To me, I just feel like it seems as if somebody in a situation or in a seed might take feeling safe with another person and then end up putting the responsibility on the prick (laughs) to be the one that knows all the rules that'll be careful and take care of everything. So somebody's like not reading the manual, I guess is what I'm getting at. Like somebody's kind of in that, like, Mm. I'm particularly thinking of some Sam and Dean stuff I've been reading and Mm -hmm. I... I just immediately get a Sam, you know, we'll, we'll get into it. But yeah, I just, I, I I see the dynamic of feeling safe enough with a person and thinking that's enough and then putting yourselves in a situation where then the prick ends up feeling like shit <laughs> <laughs> kind of situation. That's what yeah. I was thinking of. But yes, no, that's yeah. just things that were popping up in my head when you were discussing. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. We're gonna we are gonna now now I've now I've lectured you. <laughs> Callie's <laughs> lecture party's over. Well no, it's not. I have one more like I have one more thing to do. So I'm just gonna repeat my initial disclaimer from the beginning. I am not an expert in BDSM. I'm just a model who knows some stuff. Okay. You must, 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 must do your own research before you do anything in the world of kink. And whether that research is finding a local community whether it is extensive Googling, whether it is pairing up with a dominant or a submissive to help you learn. 
those sort of power dynamics or help you learn various implements that you can use because like I'm, I'm gonna be straight up you should not be hitting anybody unless you know what you're doing okay and a little bit of spanking is one thing if you start bringing implements into it you should have done some fucking research okay you can really hurt somebody so you know research 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 jesus christ place <laughs> be safe like that is at the forefront of all three of these things you can apply what safe means in your personal view any which way you want but safety is at the key that nobody's going to have a good time if it's not safe okay i would rank it as consensual is the number one thing okay mm-hmm. and there are a million different things i can get into about people who involve outsiders in their kink without the outsider's knowledge and how fucking icky gross that is mm-hmm. but consensual is number one right and if that's cornerstone, if that's stone one, if you're salmon, you're hallucinating Lucifer, if consensual is stone one, the very next stone is safety. So, Jesus Christ, please don't, on the back of anything I say in this episode, go start whacking seven hells out of your partner and being like, Carly said it was fine. I'm using rock, it's fine. No, don't do that. Google, Google some shit. SSC mm. should, this is, and also, like, I'm not speaking for the whole community, I'm just one more telling you my opinion. For me, SSC is where you should start. That's your basic learner drive a car and your seatbelt. You learn how to do things within those boundaries. So do your research, find people in your community to learn from, let them guide you, listen to them. You know, that's the start. Mm-hmm. Rack and prick are for more hardcore things. You know, you've learned to drive, you've passed your test. Let's go drag racing. Let's get in a rally car. Let's do some Formula One stuff, you know. Whatever whatever it is that's going to scratch this particular itch, it's certainly going to be more intense than learning to drive, you know? Mm-hmm. But you've got to wear your seatbelt. Safety and consensual is key. That's your seatbelt. Mm-hmm. But rack and prick, hardcore. It's never, ever, ever a bad idea to be aware of the risks of anything and be aware of your personal safety and to have knowledge of your kinks and interests. And I'm not saying... That if you have a certain kink, you need to go to a therapist and un- like dig out all the childhood trauma that may have led to this kink. You're not going to do that. You're not going to know why it does something for you mentally, but you need to know the effects that it can have. So if you're hella into impact play, you need to know the dangers. You need to know what can happen with you know, extended damage to an area. What can happen if somebody, you know, slips and God forbid your kidneys, you will fucking know about it, my friends, you know, hits a sensitive place like your kidneys, you know, like damages an organ, whatever. You need to be aware of these things. Okay. So, for example, if you were into heavy into impact play, it would be your personal responsibility to find a dom who is well versed in this. To keep yourself safe, you would not go playing with amateurs who are just learning. Not that being an amateur is bad, but you wouldn't go to the guy who's only been coming to the club for a couple of weeks. You'd go and find someone who actually knows intimately how to handle implements that are going to give you what you need. Mm. Personal responsibility. You should know. But the danger of a little bit of light spanking and a little bit of timey up, timey down is very different to blood play for example so while it's never a bad idea to be aware of the risks 
some things are just more intense than others. You know, it just is. So just keep yourself safe. Consensual, safe. Disclaimer, I'm not an expert. This is for entertainment purposes. Please seek help from a medical professional <laughs> if you have concerns about your intimate health. This is for entertainment purposes. <laughs> Don't sue. But now that we've now that we've gone through all of the various different bits about SSC and RAC, why did this come up? Well, why did it come up? I see it a lot in thick. It was on the list. It's been on the list for a while, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Because it, it it kept coming up that I would start spouting off about some kink shit, and Sandra would be like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait. rewind what?" Mm-hmm. So I, it went on the list with that. But I've since had various conversations with various different people who were like, "Oh, what would you put this as? And what would you put that as?" And it became very apparent to me that where my limits are, for example, can be vastly different to where someone else's limits are. And once you're aware of that, you start seeing it, mm-hmm. and especially. Because I have written a lot of fics that contain, while they are not, I would say, not inherently BDSM scenes, for example, they are kink acts within a quote-unquote normal sex scene. And it became very obvious to me that, oh boy, I had tagged them wrong. (laughs) Because I had tagged them in line with my limits, which are, everybody's limits are subjective. So, to pull it back around to fic, why are we here? Well, I'm not here to put every fanfic off that's ever tagged something, you know, as SSC when really it should have been rack, or, you know, haven't tagged it, and really should have been tagged a certain way. I'm not here to put that on blast. I am just here to kind of maybe just delve into it a little bit and kind of take the real world situations of kink maybe and put them within the context of supernatural if that makes sense Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah yeah cool oh okay so i've got a couple of common fanfic tropes and it's worth pointing out at this point i don't really read destiel so these might be common as shit in destiel i don't know because i don't read it not because i have anything against it you just don't. I'm a Sam. <laughs> I'm a Sam model, guys. I'm a Sam model, and you know what is usually fucking missing from Destiel? <laughs> Sam. You know, by very dint of Dean and Castiel, there is a decided lack of long hair moves. So, it just don't appeal to me. If someone recommends it to me and they're like, "Holy shit, I have got the best Destiel for you," I'll read it with glee. But when there's no Sam, there's no Carly. What are you gonna do? So, these are common as fuck in Wincest. But I have written about all of them in reader insert fix as well. So we'll get into it. So the first one that came to mind, these are not in any particular order. They are just the way they came into my mind. Blood play. This is not the most common trope, I would say. But it's common enough. And I've written it. So, you know. The boys carry knives. They do. You know, it just. So sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes you just get an idea in your head. And Sam and Dean are not great at impulse control. Okay? If I were going to say, like I said, I don't particularly want to categorize things, but if I were going to write something that had blood play in it, and it's really funny because I did, and I didn't categorize it like this, <laughs> I would categorize it as rap. Okay? It's risk aware. There is nothing safe in any definition of safe 
that involves knives and cutting people open. Just not even, just not even a little bit. Okay, you can seriously injure someone. You can kill someone if you do this wrong. Okay, and even if you do everything right and you play within all the rules and stuff, infection is a thing, guys. You can get an infection from anything. You know, so this is one of those. A lot of plays end when the scene ends. You know, a lot of a lot of King Hacks ends. This is one that doesn't. This is one that extends outside of the bedroom because you have something to take care of. Infection risk is real. Okay. So I've written blood play fix and I tagged it as SSC. And you know what? I'm gonna go back and re-tag that because I don't think it is. But it's common. And it's I kind of just want to, like, just take, like I said, take the actual real-life world of BDSM and put it into the world of Supernatural. In the real world, that would probably be something you'd apply rack rules to. But in the world of Supernatural, these boys cut themselves for fun. Oh, look, I'm not a shapeshifter. Blood, silver Mm -hmm. knife, there, you know? Mm -hmm. This is nothing to them. So within the context of Supernatural, and the context of Sam and Dean's relationship is this rack rules? Probably not should it be? Probably you know mm-hmm. so I'm kind of I suppose I'm kind of holding myself accountable here, I'm taking myself task for things that I wrote a few years ago that should be upgraded in 2020 it is also worth noting just for this particular thing and I suppose this is maybe more this is for awareness, but this is maybe more if you're a thick writer. Just because we have shit hot drugs now, HIV is a risk. It's still a risk. Okay. If you are playing with any fluids in sex, you should be aware of your partner's health status, but especially blood. Okay. In the interest of thorough research, if you are a thick writer, you should just be aware of that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, don't, this is not like spunking on someone's face. You know, there are real world actual consequences of this so just be aware to bring it right back to the real world if you read it in thick and you think oh this sounds fun don't do that don't do that guys <laughs> this is not for you okay you have to be so careful okay a little bit of like you know nails and scratching can can like you can get blood from that but actual true blood play can be very dangerous. Don't do that. Don't mm-hmm. read it in thick and think, oh, I'm going to try that next weekend. Don't do that. <laughs> be safe. Do your research. Get on Google. Okay? Mm. The next one, I see this a lot, but not <laughs> not necessarily for the... It's not necessarily tagged this way. So Sandra probably won't have seen this that much because she doesn't read Wincest as much as I do. It's a problem. Send help, guys. I don't get shit done. How many times have you read a Wincess fic where someone chokes on someone else's dick? And I don't mean they go, I mean, they can't breathe. You know, that's breath play, y'all. But it's so, so many people put it in and they don't tag it and they don't mention it and they don't reference it. Okay. And breath play is probably the most dangerous thing on this list. You can kill someone. Okay. And it's, Like, it's easier than you think it might be. (laughs) It really is. Okay? Now, in the spirit of taking myself to task, this is one of my favorite things. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. 
this turns up in so many of my fix. And I want y'all to know, I never plan for it to be there. It just fucking appears. I'll just be merrily along, writing a fucking sex scene. And then all of a sudden, someone's hand is around someone's throat. And I'm going, shit, when did that happen? Fuck. Um, well, it's there now. I'll take it out. I like it. So I was the first to hold my hand up. I do this all the time. And in real life, I would consider this to be within rack rolls. This is, oh, I feel like I'm lecturing y'all like hard part. This is so dangerous, you guys. So dangerous. And I don't just mean like you can cause brain damage. You can kill somebody just purely from having your hands in the wrong place on somebody's throat. Okay. True breath play is less to do with not being able to breathe and more to do with oxygen hypoxia, which is when you deprive the brain of oxygen and it produces a kind of, it's not exactly euphoric, but it's kind of like being under the influence and it makes everything feel a little bit hazy. And then when you like release somebody's throat or you know they get oxygen back, that produces euphoria as your brain is fully oxygen oxygenated again. Okay. But a lot of people hear breastplate and they think, oh, I have to stop somebody breathing. You can kill people, don't do that. Mm. So, oh good God, do your research. This in the real world, this would be you would do this under rack rules, in my opinion. Okay. But Carly, you tag your fix as safe, sane, and consensual. I do. I do tag. And I've I've said this. Breathplay is in so many of my fics, and a lot of them don't even have like a an SSC tag on them. I was looking through my fics before we started recording because I was like, oh, I'm going to link this and I'm going to link this. And I'm going, oh God, they just have like mild breathplay on them. Because like 2020, 2021, Carly, didn't know the distinction, didn't, didn't draw a distinction between this. And then, well, I've learned some things and I've done some things and, you know, it it is what it is. So context, context is key. And to bring this background to fic, tags are subjective. It is the author that chooses the tags. And to take this right back to the beginning of the episode, what I consider to be safe, sane, and consensual, Sandra could be in a corner screaming, oh, good God, you know? It's subjective. I try to be true to life in my fix, and I... When I write, I always, unless I specify other words, otherwise, I always want my readers to assume a background of knowledge. So if I write Sam, not choking a reader out, but cutting off a reader, a female reader's air, example, until such time as she almost passes out, I want you to read that with the assumed context that Sam and this reader know each other very well. They have had, you know, extensive discussions about this. There are um, safety measures and mechanisms in place. And they've trained and they've practiced and they know what this is. I but feel not like every- you do that, though, even if you don't tag it. I always remember reading like in your notes or yes. whatever that, you know, you you let you let the reader know the the background, even if it's just a couple of sentences about established relationship, this is, you know, so I, mm-hmm. I, I, 
I appreciate that you're going to go back and, and do the things with the tags, but I think you do that um, pretty well where I, I know there'd be other people that, you know, wouldn't take the time to, to put that into context for the reader before they get started into the fic. So I try. Yeah, I try. I do try. But like I said, a lot of times, and I, I, I don't know, Sandra, you tell me, do you see it a lot in reader insert, you know, like Dean, not choking out a reader, but, you know, maybe being more aggressive in a blowjob than. Oh yeah. I've seen it. And I don't, I mean, I don't think I've seen those tags in a lot of situations, even like you mentioned knife play. I, I just see knife play. You know, I don't see anything else maybe, you know, in mm. how are these tags just in AO3? Like if you type SSC, it just pops up mm-hmm. as something you can add. Okay. Okay. And mm-hmm. rack too, all that. Okay. Okay. It spells them out. It spells them out. So you yeah. wouldn't it, yeah. it wouldn't come up SSC, it would come up say saying consensual right, right, and right. risk aware right. consensual kink as well. Yeah. Um but like you know Wincest is a bit different though. So if we're hauling back into um like not real world context, the context of fan fiction, Wincest is a context all to itself, you know? Mm-hmm. You could show me, and I have read fics that contain very heavy king, and the only safety measures that are in place is the fact that it's Wincest. And, you know, they are a law unto themselves. Mm-hmm. It is so often written that, and you, we see it in the show, Sam and Dean know each other so well mm-hmm. that, you know, they don't need, they can, they can say a thousand words with a lock, you know, a hand mm-hmm. gesture anything they don't quote unquote need these kind of rules to play safely but i would like you to consider that by dent of being winchesters they're actually never playing safely and i don't mean the whole incest thing that's fine um in general yeah do you want with that they are just not well-adjusted people and they're not they're not operating play by the same rules anyway yeah the rules just don't apply to them Life. really yeah. Yeah. yeah so again if you put these acts within the context of wincest not saying oh you know sam is gonna like put his dick all the way down dean's throat and keep it there until dean starts to lose consciousness mm-hmm. if you don't tag for that but it happens i'll be like well i assume that's probably fine i assume that they've had a conversation about it or i assume that you know, Sam knows what Dean's I'm about to lose consciousness face looks like. And just accordingly, you know? Yeah. But you cannot take that kind of context back out into the real world. It is so unsafe, guys. So I unsafe. Think, I mean, you I know you don't... said you said, you know, you don't read, you know, a lot of Destiel, and I, you know, I don't really read a lot of it either. But I mean, just taking that relationship, I mean, you know, you're talking about an angel, you know, so like there's mm-hmm. all of these different, again, it's fan fiction for a reason too. like, you know, so like don't immediately try to just rubber stamp that onto reality situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I mean, 
that is not to say we're however far into this episode we are. And that is not to say that I think any of you wonderful listeners read something in thick and go and buy like knives and chains and things. I genuinely don't. No. I don't. But, but that's why we not, did fact versus fiction. Yeah. <laughs> that's the whole point of this whole series is this is what you see in thick, but this is how it really is yeah. in yeah. real life. Yeah. So the third, this is the third and the last um, kind of common fanfic trope, but this comes this comes with a lot of comes with a lot of baggage, guys. Pain play. I uh, I'm the problem, it's me. I've written this properly loads of times. Fully loads of times. It's super, super common in Winzest though. Is it common in reader inserts, Sandra? Do you see it a lot? I'm sure it is. I don't read it. <laughs> <laughs> see, sure, there you go, guys. Yeah, I'm sure it is, but like like I just don't like I don't seek that out. Like I, I may come across something that has that in there, but yeah, I, I think just by definition too, if you're talking about I mean, I can remember reading it in a couple of different things that we've read, like Cannon Fodder and stuff like that. That's reader, reader Oh yeah, no, I oh no, not reader. I was like, yeah, no, I I recommended gagging for it. And you were like, I don't want to read it day to day. <laughs> so there you go. I didn't even like I would never have outed Sandra and been like, what is something to you? Blah, 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 blah. I would never have mm. done that. But she mm. proffered this information herself. I think pain play is the tits, guys. <laughs> I love it. I write it, I read it, I the fucking mutt nuts. Sandra doesn't like it. So pain play for me would be like, you know, stay sane and consensual. It's <laughs> fine. Whereas Sandra's over there, right the way over on the front end of the spectrum, going, Jesus. <laughs> you know so it's you know it can be that diametrically opposed but you see this so so much in Wincest and it is it's really common to see Sam and Dean relating pain to pleasure in various different means and there have been a thousand and one amazing fanfics that explore that relationship between pain and pleasure for the boys and how growing up would have affected it and how the fact that they get tossed around by monsters every week affects it and if you live in pain your whole life whether that is physical pain or emotional pain the boys get kicked around by a monster every week you know they probably have like one good day in autumn when nothing hurts you know whether or not yeah. Where no one's dislocated a shoulder, no one's got stitches, no one's walking funny because they rolled their ankle. They get one good day a year. Mm-hmm. By fuck, they enjoy it. At a certain point, you pain just becomes a part of your life and you just work around it. Like it's just everything, something hurts all of the time, and you can't just not do things because something hurts. Well, you're so it just melts into your tier level, your threshold changes. Like my husband, for example, like his he has ms but he deals with he deals with pain on a level daily that for him like what would be an 8 for me he probably has dulled it down to like say a 2 or a 3 you know like so there's mm-hmm. different like you said the experiences and what's going on within your body changes for person to person yeah the boys are their, yeah. their pain threshold is so so must be, must be, these are these are people that could do just a little finger prick with the point of a silver knife to be like, look, I am not a shapeshifter or a mm-hmm. whatever. 
instead choose to do like whole gouges out of their forearm mm-hmm. to achieve the same. Like you could just nick your finger and be like, look, no sizzle. I'm fine. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. And this is not in relation to this episode at all. But I would just like to remind you, especially my neurodivergent peeps out there, the level of pain that you should be in daily is zero. You should not be in pain. Any level of pain is not normal. Okay? Especially for my neurodivergent peeps who just go, nah, it's fine. You know? No no pain is normal. Pain level zero is normal and how your body is supposed to operate. If you are not operating on those levels, please attempt to seek medical help. Yeah. I am aware that is not easy and i personally will tell you that i do not see a medical professional for lots of issues in my life because i can't be bothered with the conversation that's that have you tried losing weight about it Mm. so i'm aware that that is a pie in the sky suggestion but just just in case you need a reminding today the appropriate level of pain for any healthy body is zero Mm -hmm. if it is not zero that is a problem Please try and do something about it. Mm. But apart from that, right, off my soapbox, back to this. So, so many great fix out there that explore that dynamic. And a comment that was left by a friend of mine is a lot of fix that you see out there is when someone is at a really low point. One of one of the brothers is at a really low point. So if we're thinking early seasons, you know, canon compliant fix and AU fix as well, dependent on the story. Sam's hating himself about about his powers. Dean's having a you know having a minute about oh is he going to be able to save Sam? Is he going to have to kill him? You know John sacrificed his life for him. Dean's mad about Sam and Ruby. Sam's mad about other things. You know, and it's so easy to as an author to just let them fall into these kind of scenes where someone is punishing someone else or one of the brothers is asking to be punished for perceived slight because the pain is less about pleasure and more about Sandra what is the word that I want absolution yeah forgiveness yeah forgiveness absolution repentance yeah I think that might be the word I was wanting yeah and it's it's really easy to let them fall into that but that is not that is not even under a BDSM umbrella, I would say. It is certainly not. It's certainly not falling under any SSC code of conduct. It's not even falling under RAC, really. That is hurt people hurting people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And were we in the real world, that would be abuse. So it's great to read it in thick and, ooh, love a, love a bit of Dean Womp or a bit of Sam Womp. I fully don't. Please give me a happy ending. <laughs> I really don't like it when they're all sad and they're still sad. And they're thick. I don't mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just please bear in mind that out in the real world, someone in that mental state of seeking pain as punishment or as a way to be absolved of perceived slights or sins, that is not someone who is risk aware or sane or taking any kind of personal responsibility for themselves, and that is not a safe situation. Mm. That is not someone who can safely and sanely consent. And you know, consent is stone one, guys. That's that's where we're starting from. So it's great to read it in fig. And again, I don't think any of you guys are stupid. 
I don't think you're going to go out and read something in thick and then, you know, go, go and reenact it and put yourself in the hospital. But that is the whole point of the series. These are the things you see in thick, and here is actually the reality of the situation. But if we come, if we pull away from the, the very special Wincest dynamic and context, Pain Play is a kind of safer kink to explore than the other two on this list because you are hampered by your own threshold. You know, it's it's difficult to do injury to yourself if you are the one imposing those limits, you know? Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and you can cause, there are a multitude of ways to cause pain that do not necessarily cause damage. Part of, I'm going to tangent off hardcore here, if you are assessed by paramedics or you present to the hospital for any any particular reason, it's called the Glasgow Coma Score in the UK. It might be called something different in in the US, but one of the it's it's a it's a, a method to gain consciousness of somebody. Mm. So one of the things is like, do you react to uh, verbal stimuli? Do you react to physical stimuli? Do you react to pain? stimuli now Mm. hospitals are not in the habit and paramedics are not in the habit of punching you in the face you know Mm -hmm. breaking a limb to see if you're awake Mm -hmm. there are many many ways that you can cause pain without causing damage so as long as everybody knows what they're doing and you've researched it extensively this is a safer area to play in physically unfortunately as i said you don't have to dig out all the all the deep-rooted childhood trauma reasons why you might enjoy a particular kink. You don't. But pain play do tend to be linked to some of those aforementioned childhood trauma. <laughs> so you have to... You kind of have to go in with your eyes open there a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Yes, physically, it's harder to cause damage, but mentally, it's much easier because it's a very vulnerable thing to explore mm-hmm. you know so yeah. Yeah. just be safe please for the love of fucking god guys <laughs> be safe good lord i don't nobody sue me i've put enough disclaimers in this episode nobody sue me so we have actually come to the end of my absolutely excellent google doc so any any thoughts sandra do you feel educated do you know if you wanted to go out and you know, engaged in a, in a BDSM scene. Do you feel like you know how to do that safely now? If I were so inclined, yes. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be like, no one's, I'm not going to hold a gun to your head and be like, Sandra, go, and jo- go engage in a BDSM scene. If you felt so inclined. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Do you feel educated? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Good. So I will, I will hand the floor over to you if you have any sort of like final thoughts, closing thoughts, and then I'll We'll go through links and uh, no, um, I mean that's a whole whole heap of information I just laid on yeah. you guys, including Sandra, whose answer when I went, you have any questions for this episode? Went, yeah, all of it. I don't know how. <laughs> Not like that, obviously, in her lovely East Coast accent, but still, that was the consensus, which is I don't know what I don't know. So, hmm. no, no I have I any mean, questions? <laughs> I no, I I think that um. I think the way that you, you know, explained to like the difference between rack and learning about prick a little bit more was definitely <laughs> very, 
that was very interesting. Cause like I said, I've, I've been reading stuff lately that I feel has that in it, like it rack plus plus, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just more, it's just more of that. Mm. Yeah. I just, and when we keep going back to the boys and how they put themselves through torture you know, sometimes in the beginning of a lot of the fix or whatever, and coming back from that, it's interesting. You've done it in Demonic Junkies. Um, Dreamers done it in Sandman. And it's just getting them to another place entirely where then there's trust. And they feel safe again. Um, I just think it's an interesting story, like a story arc, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still waiting for yours to do that. But um, I think Dreamers, Dreamers got in there in Sandman. Still, Although who knows? Who knows? Yeah. 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 Who knows? Because yeah. I, haven't, I haven't started the last bit yet. So who knows what goes on with that one? But yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, um, and your stuff with Sam and Reader, like I know I've seen Pain Play, I've seen Blood Play with Knives, I feel like I've seen, Mm -hmm. but again, consensual situations being very important. But I do think that the boys are a foil, a mirror, a projection, a tryout, a trial, you know, like in fan fiction too, like this is where you can explore things um, Mm. in a safe way, even Mm -hmm. if it's not necessarily safe, what you're writing, getting things out of your head with them for for a lot of people, I think is very they are very therapeutic in certain ways um, or they let you realize that no, this isn't how it's supposed to be. (laughs) Yeah. Or just know it's like, this isn't how someone, you know, should be treated. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Let's fix it. You know, like that kind of a thing. So I think you kind of hit it on the head though, too, about the poison and pain and how they want to um, inflict it on themselves for, for wrongs they feel they've done, even if it's not wholeheartedly, it's not warranted in in every yeah. every respect. And well, how when you, that comes across when you need when you need therapy as badly as they fucking do, yeah. you ain't got words. So you gotta you gotta yeah. you gotta yeah you gotta find a way to you know release the pressure somehow so you can stuff everything back in the box and carry on pretending mm-hmm. that you don't need therapy. I just feel like the safety part is so important. Like you have to, like you've said, you really have to feel safe with your partner. Um, Yeah. Or it doesn't, none of it's going to jive or work out, work out well, because there has to be that out. Um, And even if stuff things done accidentally or by mistake, like you said, there has to be that understanding that it's, it wasn't done for that outcome. You know, like that, that was not the intention. Um, but it's very, very important to think about all the, um, the safety issues with like, you know, the scenes and different things like that and what you are doing. I mean, I remember I was asking you about like, you know, just spanking. Like I was like, oh, and you're like, what, be careful where you hit them. I was like, what? <laughs> like, 
careful where you hit him. I was like, oh, okay. So I had to look that up. Like, you know, it's like, because I, you know, that's just like spanking is just like, you just think about spanking, not mm-hmm. what that could do to somebody. Um, yep. So yeah. Yeah. Lots of things. Yeah. Lots of things to think about. It's very, it could be, I feel like for some people it could be very overwhelming. You're just like, nope. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. It's too much. Absolutely. Too much. And I mean, at this point, at this point, guys, listeners, I'll open the floor. If there's something, if there's something in this episode that I've mentioned, or there's something that's been niggling in the back of your head, they're like, oh, what a know what that is but i don't want to end up on a google list i uh, i'm on fucking loads of google lists so i don't care i <laughs> research it drop us a message you know you mm-hmm. can send us anonymous messages um we will never ever ever out anybody's name or username anything like that ask if there's stuff that you don't know that you want to know but you're scared to google or ask somebody ask me i give zero fucks mm-hmm. i got a vpn subscription i'm grand so i i mm-hmm. will explore so like sandra with the spanking thing if you wanted me to do a bit more of a deeper dive into impact play and you know how to do it safely and things like that, again, I'm not an expert. I just know enough to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I will go and I will do some research and I will find you some really great resources to go and take a look at that stuff with. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will. I will do the things, guys. Yeah, let us know. No, I think everybody should definitely like take Carly up on that. I've already exhausted there. <laughs> that one. <laughs> that was a big one. When we What's opened that for? the floodgates. Yeah. Was that for everything? The spanking was that for everything she does magic? Yeah. Yeah. I can't even remember. Yeah. That was what did that I tell one. you? What did, did, what did you, did you just, just go, told me make sure you don't hit them in a certain spot that's going to be painful? Like, like go for the fleshy, the fleshy bit. Like, don't oh, go for. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't like, go don't, for the back of the thighs. Yeah, yeah. 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 That kind of stuff. So, yeah. 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 I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like, it's, it's just something that not a lot of people think about. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, no, there are so many areas there that you could really have somebody. That's the problem is I think you've got so many people that would just be so gung-ho and just like bring home a whip or bring home this or bring home oh, that. And it's yeah. like, no, you've got to research this stuff. Like, you know, and sometimes it's not just asking somebody at the at the sex toy shop, like, you know, what mm-hmm. their thoughts are on it. Like, And you've got to get your partner to be fully on board and know your partner well enough that they might say, yeah, but they might be saying, yeah, because they don't want to disappoint you. And that's when you mm-hmm. have to be a responsible partner in that situation. Yeah. So, and I think, I think that's a really, a really big part of consent as well. Consent is all about trust, mm-hmm. but if we're getting into, into things like this, you have to trust as the as the I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't call Dean a sub in in any way in in some sunny day, but as the receiving partner, for example, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um Dean needed to be able to trust that Julie knew what she was doing. Mm-hmm. You know? Or that, that if she you, didn't know, she would take um instruction. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like from somebody that does know and you feel safe getting the instruction from that person again it's a different dynamic you're talking mm-hmm. dean and a female reader again which is very different than dean and sam Winsor. yeah 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 but then even even when i did quarter after one mm-hmm. my, my female reader in that whipped dean's ass with a belt mm-hmm. but it was his belt mm-hmm. that he gave to her mm-hmm. so it was 
it was on the understanding that I, that would have been a rack scene. Dean was risk aware. He uh-huh. knew that yeah. maybe she didn't know exactly how to handle this implement he was giving her, but he knew enough to be able to guide her properly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 And I mean, I think my reader did know maybe more than Dean thought she knew, mm-hmm. but <laughs> that's irrelevant. Yeah. He didn't know that at the time of giving her giving her his belt. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, if you have anything you want us to do a deeper dive into, um, you know, like, I, I'm going to be honest, I might do an episode on Impact Play anyway, just <laughs> for the lols. Um, so let us know if you want that. But if there is anything else, let us know. Um, some links that will be, these will all be in the Google document, which the link to the Google document will be in the description below. Um, so I have a submissive guide, which is, I referenced that earlier on as sort of the, the difference in spirit between SSC and Rack. But they have a sort of an article on SSC and they have an article on Rack. Um, Kink 101, who provided us the handy dandy guide image, they also have like a page on SSC, Rack, and Prick and the differences and things like that. I still fucking love that as an acronym. <laughs> ah, that just makes me laugh. Um, I have a few fit wrecks for you this time, guys. So I have a Wincest one, and you've heard me wax lyrical about this one. It's uh, Runaway Dreamers, Sandman verse. Be not afraid of the various walls of tags and the word count. All right? It's fucking enormous. It is. But it is. It runs the fucking spectrum. It really does. It fully runs the spectrum of consensual non-consent, sub-drop, traffic lights and safe words, various explorations of kink, versatile switches, the whole gamut, all right? It's fucking amazing. And Dreamer handles it so well. And no matter what the boys are doing, they are always consensual and safe. So it's a great read for just, I like, <laughs> you know, it's not an intro to kink and BDSM by any means. It assumes prior knowledge, but if you want something that runs the whole spectrum of handling all the various different things that can happen in and around scenes, it's great. Be not afraid of the wall of tags. Be not afraid of the word count. Just take it, you know, a chapter at a time or whatever, you'll have the best time. That is the only Wincest wreck I have for you this time, guys. I have a few of my own because... As I said, I've written a lot more kink fics than I thought I had written, <laughs> and some of them are not tagged as they should be. <laughs> so I'll be going back and amending that. But the first one, the first one I'm going to wreck is um, it's called Cut, and it's tagged safe, sane, and consensual, and it is blood play. So very brief rundown. It's just a one scene snapshot, which is my comfort zone. And I don't know how these gigantic fucking sagas keep happening to me. <laughs> Carefully avoid looking at my Google Docs at the moment. <laughs> um, it's just a one shot. It's just a scene. We have Sam uh, tied down, um, engaging in knife play, blood play with his female partner, who is going to, they actually cut their name into his stomach um, with a, a sharp knife. Um, and it's very... It's very much focused on like disabusing people of the notion that being a dominant is about abusing your partner and you know barking orders at them and being cruel 
Mm-hmm. It's very Sam. Sam wants this. Sam wants this pain, this hurt, because it does something for him. And he also wants this mark, this brand of his partner. And it's from a female reader's perspective. She's giving it to him and everybody has a good time. And there's aftercare at the end because you very rarely see fix of mine without aftercare. And if aftercare is on the list of things that you're going to request an episode on, it's already on the list. <laughs> Don't sweat it. Um, next one by me is A Tale of Two Minds. Now, I will pre-warn you, this fic is not for everybody. It is, and I will get Sandra to weigh in on this actually, because I know it, it hits like exactly zero of the things that Sandra ever wants to read about ever. This was written when I was in a very, very bad state of mind. And it is a whole mess of self-harm and um, gender issues and, you know, really unsafe behavior. Um, it's written to the lyrics of Kill Pop by Slipknot. Um, so, you know, that should probably clue you in that it's it's not going to be great, but there is one specific scene within it where it's it's a Sam Reader insert fic again, and he whips her until she's bloody and screaming and begging for more. Mm. So it's tagged rap, like mm-hmm. it's hardcore. Mm-hmm. And I included it just because it is tagged rap, because it was one of, it was something I wrote that I was like, Oh shit, no, these people are not safe. Oh fuck. So, you know, like, read the warnings. There are heavy mm-hmm. warnings on the fifth. Read them, be aware of them. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody, but if you wanted, like, if you wanted to see what my interpretation of Rack might be, that is one to go look at. And I'll just hand over to Sandra because they read it because I wrote it, but I know you didn't enjoy it. Well, <laughs> no, I don't mean, I don't mean like you thought it was bad. <laughs> Yeah, because she came to me and she was like, it was really well written. I hated everything in it, but it was really well written. I think because of how, you know, it's just, it's, it's extremely, it's extremely personal, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's basically just like burying your soul to get beaten and whipped too. So, you know, um, but I mean, I think it falls in line with that. So I think it's, I think it's. It doesn't it doesn't hurt to have it there if somebody wants to wants to read it, like you said, to get that that perspective. It's definitely on the you know, you like to say cerebral. I think it's on the cerebral mm. um end of it. So um I think as long as people are aware and they will be, if they want to they want to read it, they can always nope out of it if it's not if it's not yep. their thing. So that's always that that's always that that personal yep. responsibility um take take awareness yep yeah yeah so i think that's fine i would leave that in okay yep and the last one this <laughs> this just turned into hype this is gonna be my thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the numbers fuel my soul <laughs> which will be far more apt when this episode comes out because with the ao3 episode will be out by then mm-hmm. but the last the last one i want to recommend is uh it's called give me novocaine um it's a song inspired fic uh green day song give me an overcane um it's a great song by the way go listen to it it's fucking back when green day was good good um (laughs) but this one is it's more of a formal scene than a lot of things i write which tend to just be kink things in normal spontaneous sex is that the the one that starts at the party which one starts at the party that's what you're by 
Okay. No. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. That one no, that one ends. It doesn't start at the party. They're getting ready for the party. And then okay. there's the party. Okay. Yeah. That's what you're about. Okay. Um, that also features some kink activities, but I didn't put it in here because I already had three and I was like, I feel like that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, if you wanted to have a meander through how Carly views kink, you could go and read a lot of my things. Mm-hmm. But uh, Give Me Novocaine is more formal. So this features me kind of trying to show how it should be done maybe so we've got like uh check-ins we've got a confirmation of a safe word a confirmation of a normal mm-hmm. uh, of a non-verbal safe word which mm-hmm. i don't know necessarily that that fits anywhere in this but you should always have a verbal and a non-verbal safe word whatever you're doing um you know sometimes sometimes you can't speak and sometimes that's because you physically can't speak and sometimes that's because you mentally can't speak mm. So you should always have a non-verbal safe word. But that one is, it's just very, it's just Sam taking care of a female reader in a way that they need, you know? And again, Mm. it wasn't in a great place when I wrote it, Mm. (laughs) but it felt better afterwards. So Mm -hmm. it's on the internet forever now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm 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 really proud of that because I feel like it, it hits a lot of the how to do it right notes. And I would say, oh, I would classify it under SSC, but there is breath play in there, so maybe I shouldn't. Go give it a read. Let me know what you think. But if you wanted to take just a look at um, how I view kink and a really what I consider to be a really great example of all of the kink things, um, fair warning to the start of Sandman, read the fucking notes. Uh, you need them. <laughs> And I would have put Sandra's stuff in here, but she writes really nice things. <laughs> her, her sex scenes are always really just nice and soft and vanilla. Like and that's yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's that. That is not that is not a criticism because you know <laughs> what? I need that sometimes. I need that. <laughs> so that is. I am not excluding Sandra on any basis other than the fact that they don't write this shit. <laughs> so I can't include them in this one. Um, but yeah. So links to any articles or anything that i have used and you know the wikipedia stuff right at the beginning as well i wouldn't necessarily advise wikipedia as a place to learn about bdsm but wikipedia is the place most of us start at so i don't know it's in there um and as we said links to submissive guide and kink 101 links to ao3 blah 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 blah, blah. and with that fact versus fiction scs versus rack I am done lecturing you guys. Oh, just any final thoughts, son? Thank you, Carly, for all of the knowledge and all the research and all the digging into it. I think it's we're lucky to have you. We're lucky to have you too oh, to explain all these things. Much. So thank no, you. I appreciate appreciate all your work on this. It was it was good. But yeah, let's let us know and give Carly more homework. <laughs> I love it. I love it, guys. I love it. Give me homework. Say to me, you know, send us a send us an email, send us a message. Sandra will tell you what to do that in, in a moment. Contact us in some way and be like, Carly, can you please go and research this weird, obscure kink that I heard of this one time in a bar in God knows where, and I've never been able to find out what it is. Give me homework. I love this shit. I love it. So where can they send us my homework, Sandra? Masterful uh. segue. <laughs> 
They can reach out to us um, via email at idlinginthimpala at gmail.com. You can comment on Spotify and use the Q&A section to share your thoughts. And all of our contact details are on our website, idlinginthimpala.com. Go check it out. Don't forget to also like, comment, share, share, share with your friends, share it around, share it Facebook. Please don't share it Facebook. Share whatever you want, guys. <laughs> uh, follow and subscribe wherever you access your podcast, but especially, especially if you watch or listen to us on YouTube, likes, comments, subscriptions, all those kind of things really help us with the YouTube algorithm. All hail its benevolence. In the description, you will find the causes that we are championing. If you need help from any of those charities, places, or information, that is what they are there for. If you can help out any of those charities so they can keep helping others, that would be amazing, but no pressure as always. And with that, we will say thank you for joining us in the back seat, and we will see you next time, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.